Transformation Show. I'm Dave Mifsit, our host, and today I'm actually joined by a celebrity guest. It's actually my best friend, Mr. Jake Turnbull. Jake, welcome. Hello there. That's that's sort of his normal voice, not really his normal voice. Jason will be joining me because I thought this was a really important topic that he would have some interesting insights. Jake has also run his own gym for many years, and so we have a lot of experience with the fitness stuff between us, and we talk about all sorts of funny stuff as we go through life. So Jake, today's topic, we're talking about six classic fitness and weight loss myths that need to die that need to get buried in the ground on a very deep grave. Why do you think it's important that we dissect some of these myths for the people out there? Mm -mm, I'm excited to dive into this. I've got my shovel so we can dig a big hole for them and bury them. But I think it's really important that we kind of uncover things like this and give people the realizations that we're going to go through in a sec. Because, you know, growing up, getting into fitness, I think there's always these some things that we once believed to be true, but then realized a complete and utter bullcrap. And these, these things can really hinder us in life if we go on believing them. And I think it's just really great for us to be able to help people realize that they don't need to live their lives a certain way just because of something that they heard from their next door neighbor who said that, you know, carbs are bad and you should avoid them and things like that. I want to say the Karens of the world a little <laughs> bit there, but got to be good. Be careful. My, my mom hates that word. Uh, Definitely, and, and you know, both of us growing up, as you said, we, we studied stuff and we're trying to be self-learners and one of, the, one of the curses of self-learning is you don't always know like, what to trust and what's credible. And I certainly made my life revolve around a lot of nonsense myths that, yeah, turned out to be just ridiculous stuff and now I believe very differently and I think it's the, yeah, the added stress that comes with all that stuff that is really what gets me because fitness and stuff is meant to enhance your life, not take away from it. And if you're so stressed about certain things that aren't even true, especially, it really takes away from that. So that's where it comes back to for me. So we've got six myths that we're going to go through. So get out your pen and paper for those listening at home. I know you take notes. If you're driving right now, pull over, take some damn notes. We're just kidding, but you want to remember them. Jake's got the first one for us. Jake, what's the first myth you want to dive into? Okay, so the first one that I'd love to dive into is really that you can't eat unhealthy foods and still lose weight. The, this dichotomous thinking that you can't possibly eat something that we would deem unhealthy in inverted commas and still be able to lose weight or progress towards a fat loss goal. And the reason why this is complete and utter bullcrap is because the most important thing that our body cares about when it comes to losing weight and losing body fat for that matter is being in a calorie deficit. And really simply, all that means is eating less food than our body is burning through both living and through exercise. And so the reason why people can get into thinking this way is because when we generally eat more unhealthy food, we generally gain weight. Now, this doesn't have to be a hard and fast rule, but that is really the thing that we need to consider. You could still eat a chocolate bar every day and still lose weight, assuming the rest of your diet was in order and the right amount of food, the right amount of calories for you to be eating in that day. Dave, do you have anything to add? Yeah, uh, it's very well said. And yeah, you got straight to the point of the big picture principle is the, is the caloric intake. And yeah, I think the dichotomous thinking is, is definitely like, all right, this one thing and that's now means I can't achieve this goal and it's just not the case. But like you said, typically unhealthier food, quote unquote, is just higher calorie. And yeah, if you eat high calorie food, you're more likely to gain weight, but it's just accepting it's not one or the other. 
And again, for, like I said earlier, it's really just about getting rid of the stress, I think, that comes with eating stuff. Like if you're going out to dinner with friends and you're stressed that you can't eat anything on the menu, well, that's just, that's just no fun in life, number one. And number two is not the truth because if you've eaten in a caloric deficit all week, like Jake described, and you then have a bigger dinner Saturday night because you wanted to have some pizza because you're a normal human, it's like you can definitely still achieve your weight loss goals as long as everything else is fine. And so you can do that very guilt-free. And it's just not as black and white as if you, oh, if you eat unhealthy, you're screwed. And if you eat healthy, you're good. Because on the same token, the reverse is true, right? You could eat really healthy per se and not lose weight because mm-hmm. you're actually overeating healthy foods. So it's just really understanding the big picture and not getting too um, caught up with some absolutes like you have to eat healthy, you can't eat unhealthy uh, to do that and things. So that's probably... It's, it's a really good place to start, I think, on this sort of myths and stuff. Do you have anything to finish off with that? Mm. No, I, th- I feel like we covered it all. And I think that really ties into our second big myth that we're going to be busting. And what is that myth, Dave? Yeah, this one, this one goes in a couple of ways. We called it eating X makes you fat. And this, you've seen so much. And I, I mean, have you ever been on these websites, Jake, and seen these like little banner ad? And it's like, these five foods make you fat. Have you seen that one? I feel like, like we've all seen those ads. If you haven't, that person must have made like $17 million. That ad's been <laughs> for so long. Like I guarantee you it worked. But we've seen these like little headlines to grab our attention. Eating this makes you fat. Eating this makes you fat. Eating, you know, it could be a food. It could be bananas all of a sudden make you gain weight or it could be don't touch saturated fat or something or it could be yeah like a macronutrient don't eat carbs don't eat sugars and so it ties into the first point because unless there's some big issue your body has with something you eat in and itself in isolation no one thing will make you fat quote unquote Um, obviously fat is a bit of a nebulous term but make you gain weight right Uh, and so it's really just coming back to that that big picture principle again of like what's your entire diet looking like and if your entire diet's good and the the calories are on track guess what you can have pretty much anything people say would make you fat because it's all within moderation and balance so whether that's chocolate or pizza or fruit that some people say makes you fat like it's all cool and it's really just getting away again from from isolating this one thing and saying this is the problem this is the thing that, that makes you fat um do you have any funny ones that come to mind, Jake, you've heard like over the, over the years? Well, I think what comes to mind for me with this particular point is when you're, when you're in fitness, when you're a PT, when you own a gym and you look a certain way that people might consider to be, oh, you look fit, that, and they see you eating a particular food. Like for example, I don't hold back with my diet. I, I know that for me and my body and my calories burned I can eat pretty much whatever I want within moderation and still not really gain weight that's just how my body is that's the kind of habits that I've built and it's funny when every now and then I'll be eating something that someone might consider to be unhealthy and they'll be like oh wow you eat that but but you're you're fit you're healthy and I'll just respond with yeah I'm just eating to my goals and that could be mind-blowing for someone who doesn't really understand how calories work and how really there's nothing magical about the foods that you're eating that when, when it comes down to it, it's all just energy and nutrients. And so I can go and eat a, a Maccas McFlurry and not gain weight the next day if I've eaten the right amount of food for, for me and my body. Yeah, for sure. That's such a good one because you can you can look at like ice cream and just go, that, that equals fat, right? Like we come up with these very... like they seem logical conclusions like that food equals fat and it's as jake said it's not the case and someone with his goals of gaining muscle and a relatively good metabolism it actually is suitable for his goals so hopefully that helps dissect that a lot and clear up some confusion we've got to go for an hour to be honest talking about the the nuance around that but 
If anyone says to you, don't eat this thing because you're going to gain weight, just like politely tell them to get fucked. You're an idiot. As politely as you can say that uh, for me. Jake, what's our third myth? Moving from nutrition now. What's the third one? Okay, so <clears throat> taking a step away from nutrition, moving into some training myths now. So our third classic fitness myth that we want to die is that weights make women look bulky. And I feel like I can understand where people who believe this whether like where they're coming from but at the end of the day i feel like a lot of people when we think of weights and making women look bulky i feel like their minds just go straight to someone like arnold schwarzenegger or a bodybuilder they go to the extreme and they think wow i, I would really hate to look like that and sure i can understand if you'd like to look feminine you probably don't want to look like arnold schwarzenegger in his prime but the reality is that weights men and women respond to weights differently and really, it mainly comes down to the hormonal differences between men and women and why lifting weights as a woman will generally make you look a lot different to a guy who lifts weights with the same level of consistency and intensity and all that stuff. And the main thing that it comes down to is testosterone. And women just don't have as much testosterone in their system. They don't produce as much as guys in, on average in general. And so when women think about, I don't want to look really big and bulky, they might think of Arnold Schwarzenegger or they might think of a female bodybuilder who actually injects testosterone and other performance enhancing drugs to, to look a certain way. And so the reality is that most women will never really get that big bulky look unless they take drugs or they train at an absolute elite, elite level for many years. And it, it's not something that happens by accident. I feel like that's the, that's the real big thing to learn here is that I've been training for, you know, almost a decade myself and I still don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So something's going wrong here with your logic. <laughs> what? This is when I thought, you, I thought I was talking to Arnold. Yeah, def that's a really, really good point. And I, lo I love that where like people so assume they're going to end up massive. It's like, I don't want to start a business in case I end up like Jeff Bezos. Like I wouldn't <laughs> want to make too much money. Like we can kind of be tongue in cheek about it, but it shows the logical fallacy um, within it. And yeah, what Jake's about the testosterone and hormones is 100% true. I found from, again, running a, you know, a women's only gym for five and a half years, and Jake's running this for many years as well, is that most of our clients look better with weights. Like aesthetically, it is a tick in the box to look better training uh, because the, the smaller amount of muscle that most women gain generally does good things. It shapes the body nicely. Uh, if you're lean enough, you'll see the muscle definition and tone. That's a, a big reflection on your body fat levels, of course. If you're gaining a lot of body fat and you train with weights, you're probably not gonna see some of the, the muscle that you're building. But those who have the sort of right body fat, they get a lot of aesthetic benefits from weights. And anyone who is a hyper responder to the weights, meaning you actually are like gaining muscle maybe quicker than a lot of others, like Jake said, it's, it becomes an intentional thing. If you don't want to get any bigger, it's not particularly difficult to adjust your training to not get bigger. And if you do want to keep gaining muscle, then you can keep doing it. But as you said, it doesn't happen by accident. So yeah, that's a really... Uh, it's amazing that one's still going. I don't know. Like it's, mm. I, I hear, like I, I thought for a while, like no one ever, like it was just done that, you know, okay, it's pretty common now, you know, women go to the gym, like fitness models, the ones who are like on magazine covers who have the body we aspire to, like they all lift weights yeah. sort of thing. So I, I don't know if that's just, you know, it's just always going to be there or maybe the, the outliers kind of keep making people focus on that. I don't have any mm. thoughts, but I would say, yeah, just, that's probably one of the more prevalent ones for me that comes up, particularly it makes sense, right? When we both train pretty much exclusively women that that one comes up a lot. So I don't think that's any surprise, but yeah, I guess I, c I can see how it's still around, but I guess people who believe that 
just don't really understand the science of building muscle mm. to the degree that they need to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you understand the physiology, like once you train people for like a couple of months, you pretty quickly realize like it's nonsense mm. or, or even yourself. Like I think if, even if women just went in the gym and started training, they'd be like, I'm not turning into Arnold yet. <laughs> Why am I? They don't go home, look at the mirror like, Jesus, my shoulders aren't that big yet. What's going on? Um, beautiful. So moving from, uh, from the training, fourth myth for me, this is, a, this is a big one. This one definitely goes around still as well is the idea that there is a <clears throat> starvation mode in our body. And I think the myth is more specifically that if you don't eat enough food, you will go into starvation mode, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotes for those who can't see me, which is all of you. Uh, <laughs> if you go into starvation mode, quote unquote, you will not lose weight and your body will fight back and you will, uh, yeah, you, you will not get the results you want because you're eating too little and that is a bad thing. And so this one has a lot of nuance behind it, but... I think the simplest way to break the myth is like if you were to go look at like prisoners of war, you know, from the olden days, obviously there's not that much wars going on right now. But if you go like Google them, these guys were like doing manual labor for 16 hours a day on almost no food. And I guarantee you none of them were still like chubby. Like they weren't looking in the mirror like, God, my gut's still pretty big. I'm probably not eating enough. They are like stick figures, like lean as hell. So if there was a starvation mode, if there was any population over the history of time that would have, you know, triggered the starvation mode, it was probably the prisoners of war getting starved. And all of them end up looking like stupidly thin and yeah, don't keep body fat. So there's not really a thing called starvation mode. What there is, is the way your metabolism adjusts to eating less. Do you want to explain a little bit about what happens, Jake, when people, you know, start eating less to lose weight? What happens to metabolism? Well, it depends on how much less they're eating than what they should be eating to maintain their weight. But yes, generally as a, in a response to eating in a severe calorie deficit, so a lot less than what your body usually would be needing to, to function normally. If you do that over an extended period of time, our body will adapt to having, it adapt in a few ways. The, the first thing would be that you will be a lot more lethargic, so you'll be burning less calories, but your body's trying to conserve energy because you've put it in such a deficit that it, it responds in a way that makes you burn less calories and make you want to burn less calories. So you don't want to exercise, you don't want to be really leaving the, your bed or leaving the couch. It will <laughs> respond in a lot of ways that's not favorable. So I would not recommend eating in a severe calorie deficit for an extended period of time, but that's, yeah, I guess what comes to mind for me with stop the whole starvation mode. Yeah, yeah. That's, then that's, that's, that's exactly it. Because when I said there's no starvation mode, the thought might be, well, if there's no starvation mode, I will eat nothing and I'll be supermodel by this time next week. Fantastic. So it's like, the, this is why there's nuance to this kind of topic is there's not a starvation mode that stops you, but there is repercussions of dropping your food too low. And that's why if you work with an expert or a trainer, they're going to help assign you like an amount to eat that's realistic for your body to lose weight and minimize the repercussions. So there's no starvation mode, but what there is is metabolic adaptation, which just means your metabolism changes as you lose weight. Uh, and this is a, this could be a whole hour or two to go into all the effects of it, uh, but it's just part of losing weight. And if there's less of you, of course you're gonna burn less calories. It just makes sense, right? There's, mm. You weigh less, so of course you need less energy. Smaller car, smaller engine, you need less fuel, right? So there is repercussions to eating too little. Really the big picture answer to this, to, to, to cut the myth is like, when you find the right amount of calories to be eating, you can lose weight. And if you eat too little from that, you'll probably still lose weight at first, 
but you might just speed up some of the repercussions of metabolic adaptation, but you're definitely not going to, you're, if you're gaining weight, it is not because you're starving yourself. Mm. Let's just, let's just kind of, yeah. If you're gaining weight, you're not eating too little. Yeah, bump, we'll just put it on a bumper sticker. That is probably the, 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 the other side of the starvation mode. And so anyone who's like, I don't think I eat enough and that's why I'm not losing weight. Um, that's like saying I don't save enough money and that's why I'm broke. Is that right? I, don't, I save too much money and that's I why I'm broke. I save too much money. No, I don't that's save. That's why I'm broke. Yeah, I, I save too so much, much money. money that I'm, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Or the opposite. I don't save enough and that's why I'm rich. Uh, what? Yeah, that makes Anyway. It's the, it's the reverse logic. So I think that's a, a good way to sort of end that. And again, a nuanced topic and happy to help anyone who has questions about how many calories they should be eating. Feel free to shoot me or Jake a message on social media. I will happily help with that because it is a tricky one to prescribe over a podcast to people we do not know your bodies. Moving on, we've got two to go. You're doing well. Take a, just roll your shoulders out. We're almost there. Last two. Jake, what do we got? All right. So take a deep breath in and out. No. Okay, great. So number five is the, this... not theory, this thing of thinking that we can spot reduce body fat from a certain part of our body. Essentially, the example is people wanting to do lots of crunches because they think that will help them to burn their belly fat. Unfortunately, our bodies are really smart and they don't work like that. We can't actually choose where we lose body fat from, unfortunately. (laughs) As much as I'd like that to be the case, It just isn't people. And the reality is that when we lose body fat, our body will choose to lose it from wherever it feels like. And some people will tend to hold more weight in certain areas. That is really just your genetic makeup. And if you do lose body fat, you generally will lose it from a little bit of everywhere. And there might be some areas that come off last. Most people, it tends to be their abs will be the last thing that will really reveal themselves when it comes to getting to a certain leanness or a certain body fat percentage. But yeah, the reality is that we can't actually target a certain area and lose body fat from them. What we can do, we can target building muscle. We can, if we want bigger biceps, we can do bicep curls. And when, when it comes to seeing our muscles visibly, we do need to be at a certain body fat percentage or a certain level of leanness. But if we want to accentuate a certain area of, of our body, we can actually build the muscle around that area and then we can reduce our body fat later through dieting. And so we can actually accentuate areas of the body, but unfortunately we can't just choose, okay, I want to magically wave a wand and melt belly fat off my stomach. So anyone trying to sell you a product that's going to do that, run for the hills. <laughs> yeah, well, when we do come up with that product though, buy ours. Because, no. <laughs> if someone ever comes up with it, they will make a lot of money, but... That was probably, I think, all I was going to really wrap that one up because you, you pretty much nailed it is, yeah, the, the way this plays out is be mindful of people who make promises that they have some magic workout that takes fat off your stomach, your legs, your arms, your chin, and da 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 because, yeah, it's just like, again, any work, like all workout and all effective dieting, you'll lose fat from that area. That's like true. But when someone starts then going, no, but mine actually targets this area better, especially like stomach. Stomach's the classic one I find yeah. about you, but like, Stomach's the classic one that we've probably seen before where it's like, I want abs, so I'll do more sit-ups or something like that. Or I have these fat, this stomach fat blaster workout where it's like, it's just not, based off the science we have and the evidence we have, it's not possible. And even if it was like a tiny way to target that area, it's probably putting the cart before the horse, like optimize everything else and then do some stomach, like even if there was something, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. there's so much more to it. So just don't fall prey to that type of marketing because it's just... Unfortunately, the fitness world is ripe with people who 
like to spin things to to make a few dollars and i think that's a classic one alongside the don't eat this food it makes you fat one we mentioned earlier it's probably the other one i think of where people kind of like milk that sort of concept so that then you have to subscribe to their way of eating because if they convince you carbs makes you fat you're like i can't eat carbs i need to eat something else what do i do and they're like whoa here's my low carb plan ready to buy it and you're like oh yeah that makes sense so that's how it plays out for me was there anything else spot reduction I think we really hit the spot with that one. (laughs) Alrighty. That leaves one more, Dave. What is number six? So I'm actually literally, as we do this, deleting the sixth one we planned out because I feel like we've kind of covered it. So we're going to do a slightly different one for number six, which I think is, uh, it sort of tails off that last one a little bit, uh, which is a myth that you can look like another person and going, how do I look like that person or why am I not progressing like that person? I don't know how to summarize that in a bit more succinctly, but... I think the myth that, that goes around in the fitness world, especially in the Instagram age where like, you can like, see like a million people training and generally those people are in really good shape if they're appearing on your feed, is we go, what do I need to do to look like you? Whether that like, look like you or, or like, get as strong as you. So, we, like, so this is a funny example. Jake and I do this high school boys program a couple of days a week at, our, at one of my gyms. And uh, the high school boys are funny because they're, they're, you know, they're 14, 15, 16. And so they're an interesting example of like, where the psychology is at. And a couple of them get really sort of cut I guess if one of the other kids is like lifting more weights than them you know that you know Jake's nodding over here like and I'll be like oh he's doing like 50 I only do like 40 on my squats and essentially they're just playing the comparison game and it's interesting seeing kids do it but we do it as adults as well and they just have even less of an understanding of like genetic differences and things like that and so the myth I want to get at is like the myth that you can look and progress and be like another person very specifically because they are different to you. If in terms of aesthetically, they have different genetics, they're probably different height, different bone structures. There's like lots of different factors that go into how someone ends up looking, especially for guys. Like some guys have very naturally smaller waist, some guys have bigger waist. So like you're trying to look like some bodybuilder with a thin waist, but you have just a bigger bone structure waist-wise, it's probably not gonna happen. Um, Broadness of shoulders, height, all this stuff impacts that. And then when it comes to like strength, it's the same thing. If you're trying to like be as strong as someone in the gym, realize that if they have, again, different genetics, different levers, if they're really short, they're probably going to squat shitloads because they don't move the bar very far. If you're like Kelsey Harold and you're massive, squats suck. And so we, the myth, I think, is that we, we think we should be going at the rate someone else is going at or we should look like someone else. And the myth is it's just, it's just a losing battle because there's no way you can look at someone on a magazine cover and go, I want that body. Or someone on Instagram and go, I want that body. They're my you know, goals, right? You know, yeah. That's my goals. Like, I get it. And it's coming from a good place. Like They're inspiring you. Beautiful. But get away from the idea that like, there's something you can do to look like them. As, as, I'm not trying to demoralize anyone or like, kill your motivation. It's more like, what can you do to improve yourself and be, like, reach your goals and set realistic goals for you? that you can actually achieve. That's what I'm trying to get at there. I don't know if that's something you've got, you know, personal examples of Jake or something as well with that, but I don't know. Mm, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so I, I work with a pretty prominent fitness influencer who gets a lot of DMs on a very regular basis of, oh, hey, bro, you're, you're my goals. You're like, you're my dream physique. And whilst it's great to, to strive for, for excellence, to strive for something, to have this, goal in mind and a clear outcome of what you want you're absolutely right dave we're, we're all we've all got lots of very different makeups and so trying to look like someone else is probably setting yourself up for failure and you're absolutely right the goal should be to how can i be that little bit better than the person i was yesterday how can i 
you know, optimize my training, how can I optimize my nutrition to look the best that I can possibly do and get the most out of my genetic makeup and, and potential. And I feel like comparing ourselves to people who are at the absolute top level who are filling up our feeds is something that, we, that we've all fallen victim of at, at one time or another. But it's so important to realize that, you know, their journey could be completely different to our journey and trying to, you know, to be that person is really just setting ourselves up for, you know, a bad time mentally. So yeah, absolutely. What can you do to be a better version of yourself? Not try and be someone else. Real, real good. Thank you. Real good. Um, specific example. Yeah. The guy Jake works with has like what, 700,000, 800,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. A million across a couple of accounts. So, so Jake helps this guy with his business and, yeah, it's like, that's actually such a great example of how many people probably do that. And this guy's in incredible shape and just go, I want to look like you. How do I look like you? And it's like, you're just fighting a losing battle. And on some level, you, it'll keep you training because it's a goal to aspire to. But as long as it doesn't descend into, but I'm not looking like you and I feel bad about myself. I'm just mm. trying to sort of come that balance of like, yeah, it's good to have goals, but it's like, keep them in real in realistic fashion. You know, I made the joke about Jeff Bezos earlier. Be like, oh, how do I like make as much money as you, Jeff? And it's like, well, you go back 20 years and you start a company that like kicks off when the internet kicks off and like has like, do you know the series of events that had to happen for him to grow the company to be where it is? Like to replicate that is is nigh impossible. And maybe someone will, but again, they're going to need everything to go with their plan. So I think that's an interesting kind of analogy mm. of like, you, you wouldn't just walk into like Apple and be like, so how do I do an Apple? Because it's, there's so many different things that go into it and you just don't have the, the same starting point and the world's not the same but we, we think we can get to these points. That's right. That's right. It's, it's not just hard work. It, it's, it's, there's an element of luck in, in that kind of level of success, like timing and genetics, whatever. And that's pretty much the same thing when it comes to health and fitness. We're not, definitely not discrediting you know, the hard work that all these top elite people are, have put in to get to where they are, but you just uh, built differently to that person. Things are different that are outside of your control and therefore you shouldn't be beating yourself up trying to to be them you should try and be the best you yeah and, and i think that the, the to, to just last bit on this point is like the myth also is like if someone out there not to bag anyone individually but like if they say i have a program that makes them look like them like this is the program i follow to get to this shape is true if you follow that program and you think you'll look like them is probably bullshit like that's probably where this myth becomes an issue right is yeah. where it's like so here's how i built this body and it's the same program I follow. And if you follow it, you'll also look like me. Mm. Like that's, I think, how this really pans out in the real world, aside from, you know, maybe getting dis dis disheartened by not looking like someone. So yeah. just be very mindful that just because someone followed one program to look the way they do does not mean if you do the same thing, like you will look. Again, try start on Amazon right now and do everything the same Bezos did. It probably won't end up the same as Amazon, right? So I think that's a really important way to see how that like, pans out in the real world so there you go six myths we did pretty good there that was, that was some serious myth busting yeah I'm happy with that i feel really good about this i think there's a lot of value to be, to be taken from this whether you're a complete beginner or someone who's been training for a little while so yeah i hope you guys learned lots took lots of notes after <laughs> being pulled over on the side of the road for 27 minutes so they're like Fuck, I'm, I'm late to work but <laughs> worth it i'm late to work but i'm gonna go lift some weights later and eat some unclean food and then not start anyway Hope you enjoyed it, guys. Thank you, Jake, for joining me. Steve will probably do some celebrity appearances on this podcast uh, as we go because he's awesome and has worlds of wisdom to share uh, with me. And we have good banter. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss more episodes because that would be a tragedy. And uh, I want to make sure you get all the value that we drop for you. So subscribe. And if you have any other questions, hit us up on social media. Always happy to help out anywhere we can. I'll see you in the next episode.
Thanks for having me. See you guys. Bye. Invincible, hey, feeling impossible. The hardest thing is.